your martial arts movie podcast. Ha-ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble! And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now... Call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Hey, does everyone remember the ultimate martial arts movie, which is kind of like the tagline of the film, right? I mean, it's kind of like marketed that way. Remember 2008 when everyone was like, oh, man, we want to see a movie with Jackie Chan and Jet Li. And then... And then they gave it to us. (laughs) Yeah, and then Forbidden Kingdom comes out and we're like, oh... Let, no, can not we do that. that? <laughs> can we? Can we try again? Uh, well, okay, right, 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 right. Well, I mean, I think fans were like, "Well, you you gave us what we wanted, but maybe we should have been more specific. Maybe we should have said more than we want Jackie Chan and Jet Li in the same movie together." <laughs> Let, let's have them fight more than just once, uh, and also not make it kind of anticlimactic, but. Not to start off this with the most negative vibes. Uh, after watching it again, it's not as bad as I remember it. But, man, it is still incredibly forgettable. Do you... Do you, do you I don't know. Like, are, are you more negative on the movie than I am? Because <laughs> I feel so, like that's... When this first came out, I remember going to the theaters and yep. seeing it. And af- when I left the theaters, I remember that I forgot like everything about the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and rewatching it this time with you, it mm-hmm. was better because as per most of our movie movie viewings, we talk during the movie, you know, mm-hmm. give our thoughts uh, live to each other. Mm-hmm. And at least during the boring parts we can somewhat entertain entertain ourselves. That is true. So it was a little more enjoyable this time around. But then afterwards, I forgot everything again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, something I do for the show, uh, just to, just for my own enjoyment, and also, you know, to pay attention to the film. But you know, like, it's give it a one pass, and then right afterwards, I'll watch it again, specifically for the fight scenes, and take notes. Yeah, same here. Yeah, and that's I why I try. Oh well, uh, me being semi type a kind of person uh, i kind of do that but like watching again the second time around taking notes i'm like i'm like maybe i need to watch it again and i watch it all over again i'm like i have nothing to type here <laughs> and that, that's kind of like my general consensus with this movie it's like eh, it's 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 forgettable and and it's like uh, like not to already jump all the way to recommendations you know spoilers but i, I don't think this movie's fantastic but at the same time, it's it's not terrible. It's just it's just your ah, your very mediocre film. It's very straight down the middle. Yeah, I yeah. can I can definitely agree with that. I think this film had a lot of uphill struggle just by having Jackie Chan and Jet Li star in it together, mm-hmm. and having it be an American film. If yes. this was a going to be a Hong Kong Chinese production, I think this we would have got something else completely different. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why it had to be an American film because, uh, you know, you have to make an American actor the lead. It has to revolve around him or her, and that's what happens in this story. Right. And 
uh, you know, putting Jackie Chan and Jet Li as side characters when, you know, the fans really want them to be forward, I think that's that's already a misstep right there. Well, let's get to that elephant, that white person in the room. That white elephant in the room? <laughs> the white elephant in the room. Uh, that was actually part of their marketing re- redirection strategy was, uh, uh, well, this is something I didn't know that uh, of the time, but, you know, like looking into the history of it, apparently initially when they released trailers, it got a negative re- fan reaction from basically everybody. I mean, who is this movie targeted for? Like people like us at the time, you know, like martial arts fans, Jackie and Jet Li fans, even if you weren't martial arts fans, like you knew these big two names and you're like logically in your head thinking, oh, when are they going to make a movie together? Yeah. Uh, so we want them to be the focal point. But just like the Michael Bay Transformers movie, we need a white person to be the <laughs> surrogate for the audience. And that was what the trailers were like initially. And they just kiboshed that right away. They're like, no. We like everyone hated that. So like, okay, well, let's just move away from that direction and then just... Now the trailers are going to only feature Jet, Jet and Jackie, and the white guy's barely going to be in it. But like I was saying before, I didn't know this at the time. So circa 2007, 2008, when this movie was announced, I avoided all trailers. Mm. Uh, I watched the movie pretty much blindly. I was like, oh yeah, Jackie and Jet Li. That sounds cool. And I, I generally don't watch a lot of trailers for the most part, unless you know it's... Unless, unless there, like, there's an absolute reason, but if I know, like, oh, it has these characters, it has a certain premise, whatever, I'll just go in a movie blindly. But for this movie, yeah, I went in blindly, and I was like, oh, random white mistake. boy. <laughs> yeah, it's a random white boy. Like, oh, it's kind of like, it's like a sucker punch. <laughs> well, you know, that's why they make movie trailers to show you a preview of what you're getting to, it, you know, entice the the people who don't know what it is which yes. was you and unfortunately you didn't take the bait so you walked into their trap <laughs> yeah yes yes i did well you walked uh, into the weinstein's trap haha uh yeah another weinstein company movie which brings me to the point that i think you touched upon so this is 2008 right uh I, both of these actors they're at the height of their western career i guess yeah, I would say uh, so. I, I And I can understand why this movie, n- now that I think about it, I can understand why this movie got made because mm-hmm. Jackie Chan's, you know, his his American films are starting to come, come in more mm-hmm. as well as Jet Li's and martial arts was becoming a big thing because of The Matrix and it, it's bleeding into uh, Hollywood and uh, American cinema. So because they're just the two biggest Asian martial arts stars that at least Americans knew at the time, you know, put them together, give them what the uh, American martial arts fans want. So that's what happened, I guess. Yeah. Uh, my speculation is that they, a, a collaboration between these two could only have happened, not only because of scheduling conflict, you know, like schedule is aligning, but because these two are probably one of the higher paid Hong Kong action stars. So in order to afford both of them, you need something to match the, you know, what their budget is. And, you know, like, you know, the Weinstein company comes into play. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I guess it kind of had to be a Western movie unless it was, you know, we're talking about like the 90s. But, you know, like, obviously, 
you know, it wouldn't have had as much of a appeal universally. So, yeah, for better or for worse, we have the very Western targeted, uh, like, collaboration between these two, which uh, I guess is the perfect way to end Jackie Goes Jackie West Jackie Goes month. West, yes. Yeah, uh, and we're throwing in some Jet Li in here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I guess... Would you consider this as Jackie's last big Western film? Like a mass, uh, like garnering a a wide audience? Because I feel like every movie after this, he's just done like, uh, well, like kitty films or like very silly. I wouldn't call him Bottom of the Barrel, but I can't recall any movie after this. I think Rush Hour 3 was before this, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, let's see. Spy Next Door happened after this. Yeah, the Karate like... Kid happened in 2010. Oh, okay. And then Karate, from but he there, wasn't, yeah, he I wasn't think the after draw. that he kind of went back to China because then that's when he did Chinese Zodiac, so he directed yeah. that. And then, yeah, 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 yeah it, it kind of trails off. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I guess this is the best way to end off uh, this theme. And I wouldn't say it ends on a whimper. But it's sure it doesn't sound like it, it's not very triumphant. You know, it's not. Yeah. I well, I think part of the issue, too, is the story of mm. the Forbidden Kingdom, which is. So there's elements of the journey to the West story, a very, very famous Chinese tale uh, yeah. adapted many, many, many times by many different writers and whatnot. Uh, I guess the most famous one i know of is dragon ball mm-hmm. that that is an adaptation of journey to the west yes, yes and i think the more specific and and cultural you you go in terms of uh how how true it is to the, the, the actual chinese story mm-hmm. i think that's where you're going to start to lose people because mm. i think mm-hmm. there's going to be some cr- cultural things that unless you're Chinese, like it's just, it's going to be too complicated and you're going to have to have a lot of handholding, right? Sure. So the fact that they wanted to make a journey to the West is story for American audiences. I think that's another uphill struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And rewatching the movie, I was thinking, okay, I think this is not horrible, but I had to listen to Jackie Chan explain that explanation again, because Oof. you know, like, He's delivering the 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 true like story to um I I don't even remember Michael Angarano. Name. It doesn't yeah. matter. Michael. Yeah. Let's just call him yeah. Michael. To Michael, yeah. He's he's delivering to him this the story of the Monkey King mm-hmm. uh when they're when they're in the restaurant and you know, no offense to Jackie, but I don't think he should be giving no. long bouts of exposition when his English, which he's speaking you know, mostly during the movie is still, you know, it's still a little dodgy here and there. Right, right. I, well, you, we had the luxury of being able to watch this in the home theater. Uh, I can't imagine what 18-year-old me was thinking when I was watching this in the, th- uh, like, uh, you know, uh, inside a movie theater. I must have, I must have, like, been doubly bored because so, so much of the exposition is explained by these actors who don't speak English as a first language. It would have worked much better if they just spoke their... Chinese, yeah, but you know, but then have their... you 
then he alienates. What, yeah, you lose the American audience because they're reading subtitles. What are uh, subtitles? Oh boy. Well, the movie flip flops a lot between yeah. when they wants to use Chinese and when it doesn't. Some scenes are you know, like, oh yeah, they're speaking Mandarin for no reason. Oh, well, not for no reason. It makes sense that they're speaking Mandarin. It is a fantastical folklore era China, so it makes mm-hmm. sense. And then all of a sudden, like, there's a scene where like there's nothing but supporting characters and they're only speaking english to one another so you're like why are they speaking english yeah they're mm. they're doing it to try and appease american audiences that's, that's pretty yeah. much what it is and there's probably times when it was just easier to have the chinese actors speak chinese because the white mm. kid was in, in none of the scenes so yes yes that's you know i i get it thinking back on re- my rewatching of the story i think what they gave us was fine. I got everything, but man, you really got to absorb a lot of information. Right. Because well, so, so what I was thinking is if they tried to simplify the Monkey King story, the Journey to the West story, would this got accused of like being cultural whitewashed phobia. or uh, cultural mm-hmm. phobia? So mm-hmm. maybe they had to be, try and add as many details as they could so they tried you know trying to respect the the source material right yeah yeah i i don't think that does a necessarily horrible job uh i have mixed feelings on how i feel about the cultural appropriation in this movie yes it is definitely taking a lot of liberties at like its own interpretation of the journey to the west story uh i'm not the I mean, I, I grew up with around the, the the tale of it, but I don't actually know all the specifics of it, especially mm-hmm. since I'm like you know American born. Um, but like, I can definitely see like where they're getting like the foundations of like four journeymen or journey folk who are traveling literally west, as you'll tell in the story. Uh, can tell in the story. I, well, I, I I okay wait let let me backpedal a little bit. Let's break down the story. Sure. So Michael. Angor, oh man, I already butchered his name. He doesn't have the, let's just call Jason. <laughs> Jason. I thought his name was Michael. Michael, yeah, but I'm, I'm messing up his last name. Uh, Michael Angorano. There we go. Michael, oh, yes, we'll call him Michael. Um, he uh, is also po- apparently bottom built, but uh, <laughs> uh, in IMDb. Um, he is a kung fu uh, fanatic. Right, he is yes. obsessed with the martial arts movies, and but he doesn't know any, and he gets bullied by the stockiest of bully movie bully characters, which I actually find kind of funny. Oh yeah, I love I love, I love that guy. <laughs> he was great. He was he was way too much of a bully. Like way oh, yeah. too over. He like he went up to eleven. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was working for that paycheck. <laughs> I loved it. It's it like a combination of overacting, but also like bad writing. It's, it's just great. It's like he's it so was, yeah. It was weird. It was overacting, but he did still come across menacing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll give the actor that. He just he was just <laughs> doing it a little too. You know, he got a little too into the bullying role. Well, he well he <laughs> the character. Well, I guess this ties into the story. The character goes from like oh oh. Uh, racist like insert racist things about chinese people to auto like suddenly turning around and shooting a guy because he just becomes a little skittish it's like he's just so over the top and i i love it um because it's just like a a trope of bad movie writing uh but yeah he shoots um the old antique owner 
played by a very old Jackie Chan. Oh, played by Jackie Chan in old man makeup. In old face, yeah. Old face, yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then uh, the Jackie Chan gives Michael a staff. He the staff pulls him into another universe or another timeline, I guess. And then basically the it, it's kind of like the journey of the west story at this point uh we meet a we meet a, a a drunkard who played by jackie we meet jet lee who plays a monk and then we meet nobody else because there's no one else important in this movie no 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 i <laughs> i remember i specifically mem- remember there being someone who liked to refer to themselves in the third person oh boy all right. Well, <laughs> I think this was my problem watching the movie. Uh, like, well, well, this is my problem with the movie when I, when I first watched it. And by the way, I don't think I've seen this movie in, since 2008. Same and... here. I could not watch it again after <laughs> <laughs> that first viewing. Yeah. And I remember how much I did not like this character. And watching it again, all my problems came back just full circle <laughs> the uh, lee bing bing plays a character of golden sparrow and she is just the constant buzzkill she is just constantly talking about herself and always well, in the she's third talking person to herself because she's speaking in the third person she's always referring to herself as she yep. in or sparrow it's it's very annoying right. don't don't write a character like that it's yeah 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 um you know what it is? Uh, the movie has a very straightforward A plot. And she is the B plot. You don't do that. Don't like you don't make a B plot with one character. Like literally if you cut her out, there's only an A plot. And it it doesn't the B plot does not intertwine with A plot whatsoever. Like she is just constantly talking about revenge and getting back at Colin Cho who plays the villain, the Jade uh, the Jade Warlord. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you kind of you would think that she would either be kind of at least a little fun, but she's just constantly dour and just brooding. Yeah, her her only motivation <laughs> is to get revenge, mm-hmm. and she's just tagging along the adventure because I never felt that she was well integrated into the group. She was just yeah. there because she needed to be there because yeah. of the story. Yeah, we is, needed a female yeah. love interest. Yeah. yeah. It, it oh, and just really... just to correct you, uh, mm-hmm. the Sparrow character was played by Liu Yifei. Yifei. Oh, really? And Li okay. Bingbing was the witch with the Oh, uh, right. Man, I, I don't know if I'm going to throw this card, but they literally looked the same. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. Um, yeah, because like uh, uh, Li Bingbing, who plays the witch character, who is uh, 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 Golden Sparrow's rival... Mm-hmm. Uh, they could c- be cut out of the movie entirely. But at the same time, like, uh, Li Bingbing has her hair just, like, constantly covering her face. She looks just like Li, Liu Yufei. I-, I can't speak Mandarin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, this movie has the unfortunate just bloat. Like, a, 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 it's a very bloated film. Yeah. Uh, at an yeah. hour and 40 minutes or an hour and 50 minutes, it really does feel, you feel every minute of it. And the Golden Sparrow character is what is like the nail in the coffin. She adds an extra 20 minutes to the film for no reason. 
I don't know if I would say 20. I think her character was just completely unnecessary. And you and I were talking about possibly seeing if we could edit her out in our own little edit. Like, could we make it work? Oh, absolutely. I I think it it works to a point where in the end she appears in fight scenes and there would you would just be like, wait, who's that? Who's that girl (laughs) there? Why is she suddenly fighting alongside everybody? Whatever, just put a little block over there, you know, black <laughs> black bar over her face. Like it doesn't matter. None of her, she doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, that's basically the 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 gist of it. Well, but with the the small detail that's being left out of the story is that <clears throat> the staff that Michael is holding is the rod of the Monkey King. Uh, the Monkey King is also part of the story, and it's it's, it's divulged later in the movie, like like around the one-third mark of the film uh, by Jackie in a very dodgy Chinese accent. Yeah, yes. Long exposition. Yeah, that scene I was talking about. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Jackie's explaining everything in English, and and it's really hard to follow without subtitles. Um, Just explaining everything. So he explains, you know, the story of the Monkey King, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think we could have went without that? Do you think it would have the story would have made sense without yeah. that long explanation with you know the the people living uh like kind of immortally and he the monkey king like invades their party and all that stuff? Right. I think for, you know, if, since we're aiming towards like a Anglo-Saxon uh, like audience or like Christo uh, Judeo Christian you know, you kind of need to set up the world a little bit. It kind of goes a little overboard, uh, you know, you know, because it, it feels like sometimes it, they don't take enough measures to, like, um, absorb the audience into the Chinese mythology and Chinese culture. And sometimes it goes way too far. Because <laughs> I yeah, noticed the ex- when... The exposition goes really far. Yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah. I remember thinking, like, I remember watching it with you yesterday, and I was like, I was like, man, he's he's going. He's just explaining <laughs> all of this. Yeah. I, I I almost think that maybe they could have got away with removing all that stuff in the beginning, and then it was just Jackie Chan telling the story of the Monkey King fighting the Jade uh, Warlord. Like mm-hmm. starting from there, he tricks him, and he yeah. you know he in, you know uh, encapsulates him in in stone or something like that, and like that was it. You know, mm-hmm. then, the, you know, the Monkey King sent the rod away and then our hero finds it. Like we didn't need maybe we didn't need the the more detailed mm. explanation of all that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, yes, the there is a scene where we see the Monkey King defeating a whole bunch of guys. Uh, everyone's on wires, but it, it kind of kind of works because, you know, it's supposed to be a very fantastical elements or yeah. setting. Um, but I think it's like that's to set up the Monkey King's power level and, and to also set up how you know what kind of uh, fantastical fighter that he is and yeah and also yeah to set up the the gods uh, and and deities that exist in this world uh i don't know if they necessarily need that i feel like when jackie's explaining it he was like going into a lot of detail um like the whole jade like you could cut out the jade emperor character entirely that's (laughs) what i was thinking i think the main I guess like godlike character should have mm-hmm. been just the Monkey King. I think we could have got rid of all those yeah. those other guys like the Jade Emperor and whatnot. Right. And speaking of Jade Emperor, Jade Army, Golden Uniforms. 
there was like a huge disconnect for me there. Like, <laughs> why didn't they just make them green? Why are they Why are they wearing gold uniforms? Why you didn't they just call them the Gold Emperor or the Gold Army? <laughs> because because Chinese and their obsession with jade. It's it's in, intertwined with our culture. Although yes, it would make more sense if they were wearing green. Right? I think it's yeah. just for name. That was that was just confusing. I was like, wait, they keep on saying jade, but I'm not seeing green anywhere. It, just, it was just they were just yeah. wearing all these these gold. Well, gold if, if we want to be talk, talking about inconsistencies here, there's a moment where Jackie's like, oh yeah, like I got the 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 staff. It's fake. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a bootleg. It comes from the Silk Road. I'm like, this is this is talk. We're talking about like folklore era China. Like the Silk Road didn't exist back then. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Eh, it's all good. It's it's like um. Uh, there's a something that people complain about when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and this mostly came from the Chinese audience, which is that the movie was very, it felt like a very neutered Chinese tale, which is a good, both good thing and a bad thing because if you're appealing to an international market, you need to be able to you know like uh, not confuse the shit out of them, yeah. uh, and Crouching Tiger does a good enough job of like instilling enough chinese history well not history no scratch history chinese culture chinese like chinese martial arts uh you know uh, a lot of like the the mentality and characteristics of uh, asian culture are like in there without like getting into the the fine details of history and such and this movie doesn't do the best job of it it tries uh to be like okay let's be culturally appropriate but at the same time Let's also be extremely um, uh, cognizant of the fact that we're catering to a Western audience. So sometimes they'll lose. Like it won't. It definitely doesn't feel like it appeals to the Chinese audience, but also sometimes loses the Western audience. Um, yeah, it's a difficult balance. Like yeah, yeah. Like do you try to give it to one side or the other, or if you if you go to straight down the middle, then you get a movie that's literally right down this, the center, yeah. and it's kind of forgettable because. It's trying to make everybody happy. Yeah, and oh, it's that's what isn't that the definition of mediocre? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 should have been for the fans, right? Mm-hmm. They're getting Jackie Chan and Jet Li together. This should have just been complete fan service. They shouldn't have tried to yeah. complicate the story at all. It should have been like, hey, let's put Jet Li and Jackie Chan in a bunch of wacky scenarios so they have to fight each other. I was talking to a, a friend right before we started recording, and she said that the um, the main issue with this movie uh, could have been that like uh, it could stem from the fact that Jackie and Jet Li's action styles are so different, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I completely see where she's coming from, right? So Jackie's a lot more whimsical comedy, um, you know, is all about Jet's very aggressive. <laughs> he has a very hard style um, on screen, hard, like very um, strong presence. Not to say Jackie's not, but you know, it's it's very different style. So yeah, yeah, uh, like Jackie's chat, like their, I feel like their visual styles on screen were clearly defined at yes. this point. Everybody, you know, the Jackie Chan style, everybody kind of knew that the more comedic, mm-hmm. the more using the environment, that was clearly him. Where mm-hmm. yeah, Jet. Jet Stott was was more aggressive for me personally. I focused, I thought of him more of like the kind of like action movie side yep. where he mm-hmm. wasn't doing so much martial arts, but it was in there. But he was incorporating like a lots lots more explosions and 
in gun stuff i sure, feel sure. from like his 90s stuff yeah, although i mean yeah. he did you know he did do the classic like wuxia stuff but for me at that at that point in 2008 i was uh, associating him more with like you know the the later 90s stuff i remember him from yeah and then yeah. everything that came from uh the 2000s when he started doing english language movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i um i'm wondering if well I'm wondering if the fact that Yoon Woo Ping uh, was part of the production, uh, like, was like the perfect, the perfect marrying of two different styles, like uh, martial arts styles on screen. Because, I mean, rather than having Jackie style or having Jet Li style, which, uh, like, instead we're just have a Yoon Woo Ping movie. It's a, it's a straight up wuxia film at times. Yeah. So that for me. Mm-hmm. you know we're, we're essentially talking about the action now mm-hmm. that's the issue i have because mm-hmm. if you have these two great martial artists you know known you know J- jackie chan for me more so known for his visual mm-hmm. uh, martial arts on screen if you have them together and you're not capitalizing on it why even mm-hmm. have them like this could yeah. have been jackie chan fights whomever or this could have just been jet lee fights whomever choreographed by yun mo ping Right, right, I right. think the problem here is Yoon Will Ping did not incorporate what they're what both actors are known for into the fighting properly. Yes, uh, some scenes. Yes, no. Well, well okay. When they're fighting one uh, each other, which is probably the one scene that anyone's going to be talking about in this film, mm-hmm. uh, it it doesn't necessarily feel like we're getting a lot of like the best examples of what jackie and jet can do yeah like uh, i i think that works for jet mm-hmm. like th- that the the infamous scene jackie chan versus jet lee like i think mm-hmm. all the choreography there works for him like mm-hmm. that could be him doing that in any movie mm-hmm. but to have jackie chan fight him in that very standard way and at that yeah. point in his filmography he was kind of developing you know, he he was known for something else. It it doesn't feel like that. That's the best utilization of him as a martial artist, at least True. for me personally. No, I I agree with you 100. percent And that's what, probably why that the one fight between the two feels a little off, especially if you're a Jackie Chan fan. Uh, but even Jet Li, I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, I've definitely seen better of them. And then this these this criticism comes from the point that like I'm understanding that both of these actors are also in their 50s by the time that this movie <laughs> was being filmed. Um, so, yes, there's a lot of wire work to also assist in, in making them look as good as they did in their prime. But, you know, like, I, I kind of had to throw all that out the window and think, okay, it's a Yuma Ping film. Like, it, it, they're just going to do a lot of, like, crazy, uh, like, wire work stuff. Um, but for the most part, I actually don't mind the ground game. Well, not ground as in like on the floor, but like the the stuff that's grounded on, you know, like under two feet. Uh, that stuff is not so bad. It's just n- none of what makes Jackie or and or Chet special and unique really show their face here. Um, yeah, and that's that's like, but I, I think that Jackie does get some moments to show off his style, like in his own standalone fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're they're just fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're not spectacular. And so, uh, rewatching the film and rewatching the fights, mm-hmm. I think there is one good moment that is mm-hmm. the perfect utilization of Jack Jackie Chan and Jet Li 
in in their styles. It oh. is when they are training uh what's his name? Michael's Michael. character. You know, they they are now the two teachers, the two tigers on the mountain. Uh Jet Li is trying to enforce what? Speed, accuracy, power. Mm -hmm. And Jackie Chan's like, "No, no, no. Listen listen to what I say." Jet Li's like, "No, listen to what I say." And it becomes like a comedy fight. Yeah. Jet Li is using precision and power to kind of strike at Michael and Jackie Chan is using his body to fight for him. And it becomes, <laughs> you know, it's a great marriage of of, you know, both actors. And yeah, it's yeah. it's in such a small little moment. I realize like, "Oh man, like they should have this should have dragged out a little longer like cuz this mm -hmm. is kind of what I wanted." I mean, yes, the you know, um the actor, the white actor, Michael, is kind of wedged in between them. But, I mean, that still works anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, if, I don't know. You can't have every scene in the movie be like that, right? No, I, I, I get it. Yeah. But, like, like, when I saw that... So, after watching, you know, the big Jack, Jackie Chan and Jet Li fight and feeling mm -hmm. like that's not what I was looking for, and then I saw that little moment, I realized, oh, okay... This is actually what I personally would have liked. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's comedic for one thing. It, it yeah, no, everything you it's said comedic, is true. It's comedic, but it's still kind of aggressive because Jet Li is is you know kind of they're they're literally like beating the shit out of, out of that actor, and <laughs> that you feel kind great. of bad for him. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, back to that white elephant in the room. I think Michael Angarano gets a lot of shit for the movie. I don't think he does a terrible job. I and didn't think he did bad either, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not it's not even so much a byproduct of the writing. Apparently, both Jackie and Jet uh, were the ones who were uh, they were in favor of having a white cast member uh, play the starring role, right? Because uh, they wanted when they were asked if they could get someone Chinese, apparently they said that they want someone who is uh, Caucasian to fill in the role. But I think that was just PR talk. <laughs> they probably, you know, wanted to make sure that it appeals to a wider audience, the international market. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of understand how Hollywood works and yeah. how movies make money. You got to mm -hmm. get, you know, the audience in the chairs. And if you don't yeah. have somebody who looks like you in the seats, then why would you go see that movie? Yes, so. yes. Well, Angarano, uh, Michael... Uh, apparently didn't know any martial arts before the movie. Uh, he trained for a couple months uh, under Yun Wuping and also, uh, I guess, some tutelage under Jackie and Jet and a little bit of Colin Cho, I think. And, uh, yeah, like, I actually think he does a pretty good job, like, in terms of the fight choreography. They give him a just enough to make him, with the simple, like, the simpler side, uh, like, fight, fight choreography, that I think that he does a great, you know, a, a pretty stand-up job. And then, you know, anything that's a little more complex, I'm sure they got a stunt double for him. Yeah. And yeah. the thing with this film, too, is in the story, he doesn't know Kung Fu. He, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. And so when he's bad at times, well, he's supposed to be bad. We have a training sequence and a training montage, so he <laughs> learns. And, it, you know, you do see some progression. And then in the end, yeah, like you said, uh, I mean, just to, to go to that a little bit, mm -hmm. that, that ending fight, everybody is fighting there's no you can't even hone in on any fight because we're constantly cutting between yeah. like four different things happening at once so yeah. so it's forgivable and yeah I, I would i wouldn't blame the the actor for this i mean like 
he got cast with you know and he doesn't know martial arts what's he gonna do well yeah you know who is kind of miscast in this movie I, you, you and i i mentioned to this to you when we were watching the film is uh jet lee is kind of miscast to play the monkey king mm. so jet lee plays two characters in this movie uh he plays the monk character who is on the journey with uh, the lead and jackie and such but also he plays the monkey king in some brief scenes and it doesn't work. Uh, and and I, not to shit on Jackie. Uh, well, not Jackie. Jet. I can shit on Jackie later. Uh, <laughs> now, Jet Li, uh, like I've, I've said this in the past, uh, I think Jet Li works with a very limited range uh, in acting-wise. Uh, he's very good with the stoic characters, very serious characters like Once Upon a Time in China. Or Sometimes he can play like a little bit of like a silly character, like a silly, but in like the broadest sense like Feng Sayuk um is like an example of that where he's, he's like a little bit a little bit mischievous but here like when he plays the monkey king he plays like like a a, a little schoolboy yeah playing he, the character of a yeah, monkey king he, the character he does for the monkey king skews way too young way yeah. too playful way too boisterous and silly mm-hmm. i mean he's going against type right he's going against what he's usually typecast as so i think that's what ended up happening he went too far because he's like well i'm not going to be normal jetly i need to be playful jetly yeah. and yeah no i completely agree with you i don't think it works too well yeah um because playing playing the monkey king just involves you sounding like michael jackson <laughs> that's, that's what he does the whole movie <laughs> 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 um yeah and yeah, I think that's that's basically how I feel. Uh, I guess we could talk about the action soon, but before we do, I think that um, the wire foo is something that we're gonna pop. We might be discussing a little bit. I, I know you're not the biggest fan of it. I, I mean, I'm not, not to put words in your mouth, zero, but I, uh, I, I'm very forgiving of wire foo if it is contextually appropriate. Right, I mean, and it makes sense for this. This yeah. is kind of more of a wuxia old, older kind of tale, mm-hmm. so it it feels appropriate. And it's Junmo Ping. And it's Junmo <laughs> Ping. Yeah, I just I don't like it when somebody's on a wire and it doesn't look like, I, and, it, and it looks like they're on a wire. Mm, I don't I don't mind right, wire right. assistance when it's like, oh, we need to make that person fly across screen. Okay, here, point A to point B, but yeah. then. You see the person like moving in a very awkward trajectory that makes it very obvious that they're on a wire. I don't like that. Mm, I think right. I think you can sell wire foo sometimes. I mean, but yeah, it makes sense for the story. I it, but if it's not, I don't know if it's not shot well, or if it's not, or if the guys aren't rigged up properly, that's when I kind of get annoyed. Yeah, yeah. No, I I completely agree. I mean, like, oh, that's like the. Uh, like the floatiness is always something that I always uh, like. I usually don't like, even in the best Wuxia films. But I mean, here I think of uh, like I, I kind of excuse it because it really does feel like it's a storybook movie. So it's like eh, I can kind of I can kind of forgive it. Um, but yeah, uh, I think there's like a general sense of me just not having that much to say about the general action. Well, not general, the opposite of general. 
specific action <laughs> of the movie because uh, the movie it's not the fights are not terrible but there's nothing there's not much to hone in on they're like if I if I watch a fight scene I'm like that was okay uh, but then I'm like <laughs> I can't remember any specific moments where I'm like that was awesome yeah <laughs> and the, but the, the thing the thing is there's a lot of fighting in this movie yeah and- there is a lot of fighting in this movie <laughs> and despite the fact that there's a lot of action there's a decent amount of choreography yeah i'm gonna just echo that it it's kind of forgettable yeah it just kind of it's just doing its thing not there's nothing standing out about it you know jet lee and jackie chan i think this is the height of you know like maybe the height of their I think about to say mediocrity for some reason. <laughs> the height of their mediocrity. Um, yeah, because uh, well, the, the, the height of their fame, maybe. Maybe I don't more know. their fame. Yeah. They're not in their prime anymore. I mean, I, I don't. I hate to be. I don't want to mince words, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not the '90s anymore. It's not it, a lot. I, I think a lot of fans, at least like their old school fans, would probably say something like, "Oh, once they came to America, they got neutered. Their action got neutered." But at the same time, they are getting older, so it could just be a byproduct of that. This is 2008. I want to say because they're physical performers and they've just been doing it so long, I don't think it's because they're losing it. Mm, I I think it's... I don't know. They just just didn't really... Nothing came together in an interesting way. You know what? We we yeah. don't have to break down the action if we don't want to, right? Mm, if, that's right. If, <laughs> if we feel that uh, it's not worthy of breaking down everything, we could just always talk about it in broad in, in broad, broad strokes. Sense. Yeah, yeah. That, maybe maybe we'll make a short episode for once. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're at the point where we give our recommendations, but there's a whole wealth of audio you would be listening to here if you follow us on Patreon. There, you can listen to the entire episode, including an exclusive action breakdown of the fights in the movie. But you can still support us by liking us on all the things and watch this and other episodes on YouTube with visual cues to accompany our discussion. And now on to our final thoughts. And then then that's that's uh, that's kind of it. Can that's we just say it. that's the movie? Yeah. Just forget everything else that happens after that? I already forgot what we talked about. That's how forgettable <laughs> this movie is. Boy, uh, this should not be the case. Nothing about what we talked about today should be should be in the same vein of the word forgettable. But it kind of is. I already, I literally am already forgetting the movie as we're wrapping up this film. <laughs> I would be like, oh, Zero, do you recommend whatever movie we're talking about today? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, oh man, Forbidden Kingdom. It's so sad because uh, yeah, it, it should have been epic. It should have been great. But yep, this is a huge misfire for martial arts. Yes, yeah. I, mm, I don't know if huge, but yeah, it, it literally is just. If I was a martial arts fan, as a movie, uh, with, without even being an action fan, I, it's like it just. It's literally just so safe and so bland on every front. I'm just like I can't recommend it i can't not recommend not that i wouldn't recommend it i'd just be like hey do you have like two hours of your time to just to waste just put it on the background maybe but that's like a really 
really soft maybe. Like, I don't know <laughs> if that would even say that. Uh, yeah, uh, so bland. Like, I don't really have any strong feelings in that sense. It's just like, eh. I kind of don't want to recommend it. Like, ultimately, uh, I wouldn't you don't really... Have to. Yeah, and then there's not many fights in the movie where I'm like, wow, this is Jackie or Jet Li at his prime. No, like, not even close. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, I mean, at, I don't know. That That's, I don't know what, what else to say without beating this horse anymore. Zero, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, this is not exactly a movie I could recommend. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a Jackie Chan or a Jet Li fan and you haven't seen it, you you know, you you got to do your due diligence and just watch it and okay. then kind of realize what the majority of the fan base is talking about because I don't really hear too many people say positive things about this. So, I think you know, just just find out for yourself like okay, this is why it's, you know, it just doesn't have that much high praise. There's mm-hmm. You know, there's there's glimpses of hope every now and then, but <laughs> it's just yeah, it's not it's not what it should be when you have these two big names together, and that's that's the biggest, uh, yeah, the the most unfortunate thing for me. It's it's not what I want, but maybe on the flip side, uh, fans probably would have never gotten exactly what they wanted. Mm. I don't know, hard to tell. Yeah, if 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 they were gonna if they were gonna pit Jackie Chan and Jet Li together, it should have been in the '80s or the '90s, much earlier when well they were you know when they were still up and coming, but still had that notoriety. Mm. So there would have been no red tape, no like oh like I you know my PR team says like I can't take this many hits or vice versa. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of weird because uh, it it, what they're marketing towards a pg-13 audience too it also kind of takes a hit because you're like they have to filter what they can do it's it's a lot of moving parts and what why the final product is not so great yeah yeah milk toast (laughs) it's like basically how i feel and and to circle back to what you said before i you can be a jackie jackie fan you can be a jet lee fan I think you could still curate what you want to watch. I don't think you should go on, out and watch Kung Fu Yoga. All right? You, you don't need Kung to do Fu that. Yoga? Yeah. No. That's yeah. why I'm not going to watch Kung Fu Yoga, Zero. Yeah, it's just absolutely not. Hey, do you want to hear us talk about Kung Fu Yoga? You should hit us up on social media so we can make Will watch Kung Fu Yoga. Why do you hate me? <laughs> why? Why do you hate me? Ha ha ha!